welcome back to episode 56 of our Brooklyn Bites. That's right. It's now November. <laughs> it's getting colder. It's getting colder. A lot of new games are coming out. Mm-hmm. Closer to the holidays. Yep. Uh, it's Halloween. That's right. Did you dress up as anything? Uh, no. No? Unfortunately. I thought you were going to be a Crossy Roads character. <laughs> That wouldn't be too hard, I think. No. It's a couple of cardboard boxes. I, the boxes are in. Yeah. I, I see a lot of box, box-based box costuming happening. It's cheap. It's cardboard. It's easy, right? Yeah, poster paint and cardboard. I wonder if you could just, you know, tape a bunch of boxes together into like a, like a duck or something. Like a little pixel-based duck or something. It's, uh, that sounds really easy. Mm-hmm. Or you could just go Metal Gear style and just put a box over your head. Sure. I think people have been doing that for years. Yeah. Well, I did play some games, though. Okay. How about you? I played an old game, and I played a new game. Really? And not in that order. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there was a Pac-Man 256 update Uh this week. Right. Or it was probably last month. Um, This one is that iOS Android game um, that's from the makers of Crossy Road. Mm -hmm. So the update added a couple of things. One of them is an 80s mode which is really just like a reskinning of the playfield. Right. And it's like a 99 cents and um it just it's kind of the same level it's just it's um not like I don't know how would you like it's more is it flatter? It's no, it's still like that 3D sort of it's almost the same exact thing just mm-hmm. instead of that sort of um like angular sort of digital look. Yeah. It's more like hand drawn Hmm. Like, oh, the curves roll smooth now. It's not really a major change. And I I actually think I prefer the original better, like the default okay. skin, but... I'm going to have to look at it. I had to just check it out and see what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know if it was going to make, like, 80s mode, if it was going to look like the reg- regular, like, 2D vertical scrolling, like, Pac-Man maze, but it's, no, it's just a visual change. Oh, yeah. Like, I, um, a skinning. I wouldn't expect it to change the perspective. Yeah. Right? But uh, I thought, you know, like, just like the... The Pac-Man Championship Edition, like, games, those uh-huh. those have, like, different, like, looks. For right, like, like, a Rally X theme. and Well, but yeah, yeah, in the most extreme cases, but even, like, between Pac-Man, they have, like, different era of Pac-Man oh, okay. type. You know, they have, like, more, like, a neon look or, um, like you said, like, a more hand-drawn kind of appearance. Uh-huh. So I thought it would be more like that. Uh, but, yeah, again, I'm going to have to check this out and see what it looks like. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll show it to you. I'll see if I like it. They they also discounted the continue system. Mm-hmm. If you want unlimited continues now, it's like five dollars. Where I think it was like eight before or something. Yeah, seven ninety nine. I remember. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. So I think it's more. Uh, that's a fair price. I think considering the game is free. Mm-hmm. Um, they added some new power ups. They have uh, sonar now for Pac Man. You can get a uh, let so sonar. Um, I didn't get a lot of these yet because I have to still. You have to unlock them, mm-hmm. play a bit. So I think you said you played a bit and unlocked some of these. Yeah, I did. So Sonar is supposed to release like a pulse that makes the ghosts like run away from Pac-Man. Uh-huh. The electric um, power-up zaps and kills one ghost per second. I tried that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, radar creates like this green sort of like that, um, like the radar sweep that you would see like in an mm-hmm. airport sort of terminal. Sure. And uh, it'll the kill... the first one you get, I think. Yeah, that's the one I have. Mm-hmm. And cherries will convert ghosts to cherries for a limited time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you've gotten any of those? Uh, I, I checked my my game recently, and yeah, I mean, I I just play it just to do those those missions. Uh huh. 
to unlock more coins and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think I've gotten them all, actually, but I haven't really upgraded them yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta... It takes time, so I gotta check them out. It does. I mean, unlocking <laughs> them is just um, a process of just eating dots. Like, it shows, it shows your progress mm-hmm. meter of how many dots you have to get through before you unlock that mode. Yeah. So just by playing it normally, you'll you'll get them all. Mm-hmm. You know, one after the other. I'll keep cracking away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. They also added an interesting feature called video recording. Mm. This runs through the EverPlay, like, streaming service. Mm-hmm. And you can... It's an option in the menu. You can turn it on and off. You can have it auto-record every time you play, or you can just do it per session. And it'll um, record basically your whole gameplay. Mm-hmm. And then you can save it, you can share it, delete it, whatever you want to do. You can also turn on your FaceTime camera. So if you want to record like your, your face in the little box in the corner, you can do that too. Mm, very nice. So I tested that out. The first time I put it on, it, the game crashed on me. Hmm. But the second time it worked. Mm-hmm. And I set up an account with EverPlay, which is a free account. And it works great. It just you can share it right to the site. You can send it to yourself an email, and then you have like a little video of yourself playing the game. Mm. I don't know. It's cool. So it's not like, something this, I would probably use very often. But this is like Twitch for for iPad, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just not live streaming. Mm-hmm. It's all recording oh, only. Recorded. Okay. Yeah, um, you can record the mic too if you want, or, or leave it off. Mm-hmm. And the camera's optional, and you can you can edit your video before you post it. So if you want to like cut out a part of it and just show like the ending part where you, you died or or just highlights yeah. yeah just like a highlight reel or something you could do that too mm-hmm. so that's kind of neat nice and I, I don't know if that's available on android but i don't see why not right yeah it's so, a fun game yeah i'm still playing still having it. fun with that so the new game or old game i should say <laughs> that i played it's new to me but it's an old game is metal slug Super Vehicle 001. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Surprisingly, I've never played this game mm-hmm. in its entirety. It is surprising to me. Yeah. Because I do like these type of games. Yeah. So I've heard this game talked about on a podcast recently. And that's when I, it occurred to me. I'm like, you know what? I never spent like quality time with one of these games. Mm-hmm. So let me give it a shot. So I started with the first one. And this is... An arcade game from 1996. Mm-hmm. It was released by Nazca Corporation. I think you're familiar with that company. <laughs> That's right. They are the developers. It was published by SNK, mm-hmm. and it was originally available on Neo Geo and the arcade, I guess the MVS mm-hmm. platform. Right. It's a standard run-and-gun style game. I would say it uh, very closely resembles... A Contra or Gunstar Heroes. Mm-hmm. You do have a two-player cooperative mode you can do. I, I played one player because mm-hmm. I don't have friends. <laughs> and you laugh. <laughs> That's not true. That's why I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so a little backstory for this game, which is unusual because usually our arcade games like don't have backstories. But mm-hmm. this game, it takes place in the year 2028. Oh, okay. Coming up. So it's coming up. Uh, there's General Donald Morden of the Rebellion Army, of the Rebellion Army, launches an all-out global attack against the regular army. Hmm. So, beaten and broken, the resistance of the regular army create these metal slug tank prototypes to take on the Rebellion. Morden learns about this and crushes the resistance and captures the tanks, spreading them around the areas to prevent the regular army from attaming them. Hmm. It co- in comes 
First Lieutenant Marco Rossi and Second Lieutenant Tarma Roving. Did you know these people? I didn't know they had those names. I didn't know this either. Oh, and they're from the regular army Peregrine, Peregrine Falcon Special Forces Unit to save the day. Mm-hmm. Their objective is to take out the bad guy leader, General Donald Morden, and rescue and free captured POWs and reclaim the metal slug tanks. At least you have a purpose now. Yes. Hmm. Uh, I did not know this story. <laughs> I did have to look a lot. It might have been online, too, the game, but I first forwarded some things. So I just thought it was funny. I'm like, these games have backstories? Mm-hmm. Um, your main attack in the game is like just default machine gun. Right. Uh, and you have, like, a grenade button, too. You can just toss grenades out. You get a limited amount of grenades. Mm. You can collect them through the level. Um, you get this melee attack. If an enemy, like, charges you, or if you jump onto, like, a group of enemies, your gun will change into a knife. You'll just knife the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the weapons you find out through the levels are typically... Um, when you rescue, like, a POW guy, he'll drop, like, a crate for you, and the crate will have, like, a special a weapon upgrade. The weapons are limited, so you have a limited amount of ammo, and then once they're gone, they're gone. But you find they're pretty much scattered all around the level. Pretty frequent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, these metal slug vehicles that they call the SV-001s, they, um, kind of, they're scattered through the levels. They're not super common, but usually you can find like one, at least one or two a level. Mm. If you've played Akari Warriors, it's very similar to that, where an arrow will be pointing to go in, yeah. and you just jump into it. And uh, the tanks have a rapid-fire cannon that shoots in, like, uh, I'd say, like, 180 degrees. Yeah, kind of like an arc. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, con- you control the tank and the gun with just the eight-way joystick. There's no, like, um, like sometimes, like, like, Tron or one of those older games would have, like, um, a dial that you would use oh, to yeah, control. Right. But this one, everything's done moving the tank and the turret with the one It just kind of rotates it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you can take up to three hits of damage. And if you get damaged, you can repair your car, your vehicle with the gas tanks that they litter around the screen. Um, if the tank gets too damaged, you have like a couple of seconds before it explodes. Mm. Also like Akari Warriors, you'll see like smoke coming out. Yeah. Um, you don't want to stay in it. If it does explode, it kills you. So that's your cue to jump. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you also have grenades too when you're in the tank. So you still have that option. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's about six stages in this game. And they range from, like, forests, you have uh, cities that are, like, you know, war-torn cities, snow areas, military bases. Mm. Um, at the end of each of the six levels, you find a boss. Mm-hmm. These bosses are generally, they take up about half the screen or the whole screen. They're, they're pretty large sprites. Um, it's, a, it's a score-based game. So as you play, you know, you want to try to shoot as many guys as possible, blow up things... And then you want to free the POWs. At the end of the level, they'll cash in how many POWs you rescued. Mm-hmm. And you'll get you know, an extra reward for that. But if you die during the game and you continue, then it resets the counter. So oh, right. your score goes back to zero, and then your POW account goes back to zero. Which Makes is, sense. Yeah, which is kind of stinks if you're on like the boss, mm-hmm. and you've had like a perfect run, and then your game ends and you continue. Yeah. Now you clear the level with no POW captured, but that's just the way the, the game works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the, the gist of the whole game. The The graphics on it are sprite-based and really, really well done. Very detailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character movements and animations are spectacular. If you played, I don't know if you played any of the Metal Slug games before. Just briefly. Yeah, what did you think of 
they look fun. They look, um, they look, I think the art style helps. It makes the, it makes the game feel a little more uh, approachable, a little more yeah. welcoming than, than a game like Contra. Uh-huh. A game like Contra kind of intimidates me. I feel like the... It's an older game too, Contra. Yeah, but it looks more serious. It is, yeah. <laughs> Whereas Metal Slug, I feel like, um, you know, because it has such a warm sort it's, of it's look It's almost to closer it. to a Gunstar Heroes, because the guys are a little mm-hmm. bit more, like, cutesy looking. A little more cartoony. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think the animation is, like, really what stands out about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, the levels are... A lot of the levels are really destructible. You can destroy almost any platform that guys are standing on. You know, things that are in the background. You just, like, you can just blow up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of humor in the game. The car, the guards that you'll like sometimes walk up to them as they're in the middle of something. Like they'll be uh, playing um, like beach ball or sunbathing, um, <laughs> cooking food or something like that. And you like you know you catch them off guard. Mm-hmm. Or when you like shoot them with a flamethrower, you know they run and like they're on fire and, and little animations like that, which makes the game fun. Uh, the only complaints I really had about it was. Because it's so detailed and so much going on and explosions everywhere, it, it slows down in certain points. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't seem it didn't seem that bad, like you know, an old Nintendo game or anything. But it it does slow down a little bit. A lot of animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very quarter muncher because it is you know a classic arcade game. So uh, there's some parts where it's just there's bullets. It's like a bullet hell. It's everywhere, and there be, between like the explosions and the guys running and the tanks. You can't see, like, what's going on half of the time, and <laughs> you just die. It's like, well, what did I just die from? I, I didn't even see that bullet. It was covered mm. up by, you know, an explosion or something. Uh, and then the other complaint I have is the movement of the controller, because you're stuck with that eight-way joystick and just the one fire button, that you can't really, like, strafe when you want to attack bosses, and jumping from, like, different platforms, you're trying to... Often, like, there'll be guys in... And, like, a way that you can't, like, hit on a diagonal to hit them. So you have to kind of, like, jump and sort of angle your, your bullets and try to hit them that way, which makes it very difficult. And many times I died doing that, mm. trying to get that right diagonal to hit hit them with my gun. Mm-hmm. So you want something that's kind of, like, locks, locks your aim, maybe? Um, that would help. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, another... Instead of just up, diagonal, and right, maybe, like, another diagonal somewhere in there of shooting. Yeah somehow mm. i don't know but i mean all in all um it was that's those are just minor complaints about the game uh, i guess you can say it's short for an arcadians you know i don't know mm-hmm. only six levels it took me 22 continues to beat this <laughs> so i would say what what is that like five bucks in uh-huh. an arcade uh-huh so it seemed like a lot more when i was playing but it gave me the final tally after i beat it mm, that's all it said uh, the one cool thing about the ending is It'll give you, like, this paper plane, airplane, mm-hmm. and it flies through all the levels you already played through, but it flies through them, like, after the game is over, so you see, like, now that, you know, things are blown up, and, like, people are free and stuff, and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just, like, silently flies through all the levels, nice. and shows you, like, the aftermath of what you just did. Of you passing through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of cool, I thought. Um, so, all in all, I think it's a good game. I think it's a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's... I feel like it lacks something. I don't know if it's like the bosses didn't really stand out as very memorable to me. Um, or if it's just like the the muddy look of the game. I, I don't know. There's something about it mm-hmm. that after I beat this, I'm like, 
unlike a Contra or Gunstar Heroes, I don't feel like I want to go back to it again. Okay. I'm not sure why. Do you feel like you want to tackle maybe the next game in the series? Do you want to keep going with, with them? Yeah, I did actually start Metal, Metal Slug 2, mm-hmm. or Metal Slug uh, X, I guess it's called. That's like the updated version of it. Hmm. Um, but I'm going to save that for another review, because I only got like halfway through it, and then my hands started hurting. Because <laughs> 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 I was playing on my arcade stick, uh-huh. and my, my wrist started hurting from like tapping the button so much. And You got to take a break. So I'm like, yeah, I'll come back to this. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want a repetitive stress injury. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, no, it seems like a good series. Hmm. I'm surprised I've never attacked it sooner. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to hear if how anyone else feels about the series. I feel like it's it's a pretty important game. Yeah. Sure. It's like available on everything now. It's I know the collection on Wii and PS2 was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um I played it on MAME, but um you can get it on iPhone. I think it's on Android too. So it's like on everything. Probably it, Game Boy Advance, I don't know. Yeah, they keep I know there's a Metal Slug on there. I don't know which one it was. Uh, yeah, there was even a Metal Slug collection on PSP. I mean... Right, yeah. You could probably get get it digitally for a lot of systems. So, yeah. It's first one, there's five more to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when you're in the tank, are you able to jump? Are you able to... You like- can jump, right? So that's another thing. So you can shoot, jump, and you have grenades. Mm-hmm. And... So the, the tank can jump. <laughs> it can jump. Okay. Yeah, because it's like this... It almost looks like the Blaster Master tank from uh-huh. NES. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. The Sophia. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, yeah, just it's confusing because you move forward and you shoot forward. But when you move back, your your turret will start shooting backwards in, like, an arc mm-hmm. until, it's, until you're moving backwards. And it's... I found it hard to kind of, like, attack enemies that way. I guess you, you want to pro- move back, but yeah. you have to move forward again to shoot forward. And You probably have to, like wiggle in place to mm-hmm. keep to keep your angle of fire in the same direction so often i would jump in the tank and then i explode like almost immediately because yeah. mm. i can't i mean they're just like charging into guys to kill them right well that's probably intentional they probably yeah, don't, yeah, I mean, don't want you to plow through the whole right. game that way yeah, that would be kind of easy <laughs> very nice yeah that's that's my game of the week very cool how about you what have you been busy with uh i thought I should play some kind of uh, scary game for Why? for Halloween. Oh. Because we, you know, as you mentioned, it's that time of year. And, um, you know, something horror-themed, something... It didn't necessarily have to be a scary game, but just something with some kind of, um, like, horror element to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, you know, what I had available to me. And there were a lot of different directions I could go with this. And, uh, you know, because I have a ton of Steam games that are kind of, would be, kind of, would qualify for this. Okay. You know, games across multiple systems, but um, one game that kind of came to mind was something that I always meant to play on um, PlayStation 2. Mm Mm-hmm. And, oddly enough, this game did not come out in the U.S. I had to basically... uh, get a uh, a European version of this game, which was, a, it was originally a Japanese game. Uh, this game was called uh, Michigan. That's pretty scary. I've, it's a scary title, right? I've heard title, people right? who went to Detroit then. <laughs> well, that's, so... The, it's, hard, it's horrible. It, it has nothing to do with Detroit. Oh, um, what are we talking about here? <laughs> so, uh, that was the original Japanese title, and I guess to make it scarier, the European release, uh, or the PAL release, because it was also released in Australia, as I understand it, 
uh, was was uh, called Michigan Report from Hell. Ooh. So I guess they did that to sort of make it a little more obvious about mm-hmm. what this what this means. Uh, so this game was originally released in Japan in August of 2004. It was put out by uh, a, pu- a publisher called Spike, but oh, okay. de- developed by a Grasshopper Manufacture. Hmm. And uh, what are they known for? <laughs> They're uh, they're known for doing some weird games. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar um, with that. Uh, you know, game producer uh, Suda Fifty One is uh, in charge of this company. Oh, okay, uh, he's been the director of games yeah. like uh, Killer Seven and uh, No More Heroes. Uh, he was also um, the creative director of Lollipop Chainsaw. So he does a lot of you know cult sort of you know, maybe trash pop type games, you know, I would, I would kind of put it in that category. Um, he didn't actually direct this game. His credit was kind of just as a producer or original plan is what his, you know, Hmm. his credit is in the, in, you know, the credits of the game. Uh, Uh, so the director of this game was actually Akira Ueda. Um, and uh, he's been associated with the company for a long time, too. I think he struck out on his own after this. But uh, in any case, um, this this game puts you in the role of a uh, cameraman. And you're attached to a news crew. And that's pretty much your viewpoint of the game throughout the whole game. Okay. Now, is it set in Michigan? Or that's just uh, a code word or so something? So the funny thing is, the title is actually a reference to Lake Michigan. Uh-huh. And okay. the game itself is actually set in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> oh. Which, you know, sits on Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for whatever reason, they went with the Michigan title. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and So you it, played the Europe release, the European release, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, the game does have... So, you know, PAL games run at 50 hertz, uh, you know, for the most part. That's the PAL standard. Mm-hmm. But this game, because I guess it was converted from a Japanese title... Uh, it does have the option to run in 60 hertz. Oh, wow. So it is it is possible if you have the means to to play import games on your PS2. Uh, you can you can at least switch the game into 60 hertz mode, and it'll look the same as a normal NTSC hmm. uh, game. Uh, so you won't, if you can bypass the region protection, it'll at least display correctly. Um, cool. Yeah, so that's, so that's a good option for anybody looking to play this on original hardware. Um, and so the story in a game is basically there's this unusually dense fog that has rolled in and, uh, it has mutated people into horrific monsters and the town is mostly evacuated as a result of this, but there's still some, you know, some survivors or some stragglers that have stayed behind. Uh, and, uh, your news crew is kind of investigating the situation trying to get more information about what's happened and um, you get reports of survivors and you try to, you know, follow up on what's going on there. Um, and, you know, the opening cinema in the game is you're, you're presented with this rapid montage of, of the kind of action that occurs in the game. And you're also told that you, you have a choice as, as, a, as a camera person. You're there as a journalist kind of reporting on these events, but... You know, it says that, you know, the you, you it present you know, you, it flashes words on the screen and it says moral or immoral. And it'll also say the story changes depending on your morality. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, so <laughs> this is one of the, this is, I guess, one of the themes of this game. Um, you know, in the sense of, you know, you, you see horrific things as a news person, you see events unfolding and you might have the opportunity to, to intervene. You might have the, the chance to sort of get involved. And do you do that? Do you stay passive and impartial? Do you, do you just, are you there just to capture the events as they happen naturally? Or do you try to inject your own sense of, you know, this is something that's bad and I should prevent it from happening? Or do you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to report the facts, mm-hmm. you know? So that's one of the kind of the, the themes of the game. Uh, as a whole. Um, so your, your character though, is not defined in this game. You're not really given a name. You don't even, you're not even really given a voice in the game. Um, you, you basically are attached to a crew of three people. So it's yourself, it's your sound guy who is, uh, goes by the name of Briscoe. And you also get a, a reporter in, in the role of pretty much reporting what's happening to the camera. And so initially, uh, you're, you're teamed up with a, with a reporter named Pamela Martell. She's kind of the star reporter of the station. Um, the station is called Zaka TV. (laughs) Um, any reason for that or I don't know what the origin of that name is. Um, but they have this sort of cartoony logo that looks vaguely like a grasshopper. So Hmm. I think it's a reference to perhaps grasshopper themselves. Um, so as you're introduced, you know, the sound guy is kind of your guide for the game. He's sort of the, I don't know, um, a lot of times he'll speak and he'll sort of explain what's happening. Um, he introduces the reporter to you and he tells you right away, he tells you like, don't get any funny ideas about her. Um, she wouldn't give you the time of day normally, uh, calls you a newbie, (laughs) like right away. Like he says, like, I don't even know why. They would assign someone like you to this case. Hmm. And then he's like, oh, you can hear me saying that? Uh, sorry, didn't mean anything by it, you know, hmm. that kind of a thing. Uh, but he will berate you frequently, kind of putting you down this in the process. This guy sounds like a jerk. Well, he, I, yeah, I mean, he's got his own set of issues, I think. <laughs> um, but it is, it is, so basically the presentation of the game is in the first person perspective, um, you know, you, you have, you have basic, uh, twin stick controls, your left stick moves your, your cameraman around the right stick controls, the, the camera view. Um, you're also, uh, told that you can, uh, you know, sometimes ram into a target so you can use, you know, you're told that the cameraman can't take his hands off the camera. So he has to use his body to initiate an action sometimes. Uh, so holding down the L2 button, will charge up like a, a ram maneuver. So it's like a shove, basically. Um, the X button is often used to focus on particular objects that you see. So as you pan around with your camera, you'll have like a little indicator that lights up when you pass over an item of interest. Mm-hmm. And it could be an item in the scenery, or it could be a person, it could be a door, it could be, you know, whatever. It's, it's like a trigger point, basically. Um, so the X button will focus on that object and you can also zoom in and out with the, uh, with the shoulder buttons. Um, you can also sort of follow your subject. So if the news reporter is 
starting like a news report, you can hold down the X button to keep the, the camera locked on her and you can kind of strafe around her. You can like, you know, keep her in the center of your shot. <clears throat> um, and also like certain tips will occur, uh, as you're playing, um, it'll like light up and tell you like certain, a certain something is interesting that you should look at it. And, uh, also you'll, you'll also see circles on the ground and that'll tell you where the reporter is heading. A lot of times, um, you can sort of get ahead of her and, pre- you know, prepare for the shot. Um, sometimes she'll walk up and she'll wait at a certain spot for you to catch up to her. Other times she'll wait there temporarily. And then if you don't show up, she'll move on. So hmm. uh, this is like, there's a certain amount of tricky timing that occurs in the game sometimes. And what happens if you miss it? You might miss an opportunity to investigate something that huh. would unveil more of the story. It might be like... You don't little... get fired or anything? Um, not doing well, your job? Well, no, because basically you're... Well, you know, I mean, these are things that you wouldn't know until you do them. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, basically you're trying to kind of um, score points in the game. And the, the, there's an interesting point system that I'll, I guess, get to in a moment. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so... You know, as you're introduced, this is like there's like a short, very short tutorial in the beginning of the game to kind of give, get you comfortable with um, with the controls and just with the language of the game and what it has to offer. Um, so I, I, right away, like uh, Pamela, the reporter that you're working with, she'll she'll say like you should help a subject if there's danger instead of just shooting what's going on. I mean, she's just I guess that's just her point of view. Um, and a lot of times the, the action will switch to, uh, sort of a, an in-game cinema where it will show you like the triangle button and it'll tell you like, if you want to intervene, hit the triangle and you'll interrupt what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the game does ask you again, like, do you stop shooting and do the right thing or do you chance missing the scoop of a lifetime? So I guess it's the question of, you know, ratings versus, you know, like morality. Um, and your shoots are scored on, on three different levels, right? So this is kind of where the point system of the game comes in. You can, um, you're rated, uh, for immorality, what's, you know, like immoral points. You're also rated for suspense. And the third one is labeled erotic, (laughs) believe it or not. And sounds good so far. (laughs) Very bizarre. The sort of, um... There's sort of a, a, a bar at the top of the screen that tells you how you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so S is on the right, and that's for suspense. Uh, e to the left. And then immoral is sort of uh, in the center. And it sort of shows up as like kind of a broken line. Um, and it, it's peculiar because like, so if you're shooting a subject and you're scoring suspense points, for example, um, you'll see the bar moving. You'll see the S glowing. And it'll show, like, progress towards that letter. Um, But it's not like you're trying to keep it on any particular side. Uh, You'll get points for both of them, even though the bar doesn't really move in a consistent way. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes it'll move closer in one direction or the other. But you're still tallying points for each one. Uh, So it's a little little confusing, but that's just kind of how it works. Um, And suspense is gained for basically shooting your subject in a good frame... Um, usually when people are talking, whether it's your sound guy or the reporter, if you keep them center framed and like in good focus, like up close, you'll get suspense points for that. 
Uh, it's also for focusing on important items that are scattered throughout the environment. Sometimes you'll notice something, you'll zoom in on it, and you'll get points for that. And you'll also get like some some text to explain what it is. Um, now, erotic is earned by shooting the reporter from maybe some provocative angle mm-hmm. or something. Like, well, there's a lot of, you know, like upskirt shots that you can potentially get into. Um, so, and, so you probably did mostly right. Uh, as well, many as ro- erotic shots as possible. I, 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 I didn't I intentionally go for it, but... Actually, there's other t- there's other things that will also trigger that. Okay. Um, there's like risque magazines scattered throughout for some reason, and sometimes on a computer screen you'll see like a website that might trigger that also. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes the sound guy will comment too. He'll like notice you shooting that, and he'll say, "Oh, so that's what you're into," <laughs> <laughs> you know. He'll make comments all throughout the game on everything that you're doing, pretty much. Um. And then immoral is for allowing tragedies to occur, right? So if you have the opportunity to intervene somewhere, um, that might, you know, and, and if you don't, that might that might add to your immoral point. Um, also, if you shoot corpses, like what's considered unnecessarily in mm-hmm. the game, if you linger too long on them, um, the game seems kind of arbitrary about that. So sometimes you want to shoot that because that's the subject of the news reporter. But then other times you're like wandering off and just like finding things that are not like part of the main story. And you'll, you'll get like, you know, immoral points for that. Um, but so you have this initial reporter, Pamela, but that team doesn't last too long because, um, Pamela discovers, you know, this girl being attacked by this horrific monster in the streets. Like as soon as you go to your first sort of report of something bad happening, um, you know, and basically, you know, she, she starts immediately chewing out the team because, you know, that they're not like they're not doing their jobs as whatever, however she sees fit. And meanwhile, there's this huge monster coming up from behind her and, um, you know, Basically, you know, she gets killed right away, right in the start of the game. Um, So naturally, a new reporter will show up after that, Um, you know, kind of filling in uh, a reporter by the name of Ann Anderson. Um, And there are several reporters that will join your team throughout the game. If anything unfortunate occurs to the current reporter, like there are times where the reporter will put herself in danger Mm -hmm. and you may or may not have a chance to help her. Um, you know, someone else will show up to take her place if she, another reporter, another reporter somehow. Um, and they all have kind of somewhat different personalities. So for example, this, this new one, uh, Anne is very cold and aggressive. Um, she wants you to shoot horrible events for the sake of ratings. And there's like a graphic scene pretty early on of a woman being, attacked by a creature and she gets mad if you break away early, you know, like you're given that moral choice at that moment. You keep filming this, this horrible event. Mm-hmm. And if you stop filming, cause you know, you feel bad about what's happening, you know, she'll start, she'll start berating you about it because hmm. she wants you to get that kind of footage. Yeah. She wants the ratings. So. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. So overall though, the game is kind of formatted very much like what would have been like an FMV style horror game. Um, but you know, it's a full 3d engine, so you can freely roam the environment you can look for things that are hidden off in corners and, 
you know, often these three, these secret items will reveal more of the story. So if you want to get more background about what's going on, that's usually um, a good thing. Um, so sometimes your reporter is under attack by creatures or whatever. And in order to save her, you might have to target a threat mm-hmm. near her. And like you're introduced right away. You, you know, like at that point you're told that a reporter always has her gun ready. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean a reporter always has her gun ready? Um, is that what they think happens in America? I mean, this is a Japanese produced game right. and it's set in America. So I just wonder if this is their perception mm-hmm. of things. Uh, so when your reporter is under attack, like sometimes like these uh, slug like creatures are crawling on the ground very slowly towards your reporter. She'll scream in horror and she won't do anything about it until you point the camera at the creature and then focus on it. And that indirectly like uh, instructs her to shoot at it. Uh-huh. So that's how you sort of take actions in the game. You're, you kind of direct so you action with your, your weapon camera. yourself. Your weapon is your camera. Right. Okay. Right. Sort of. I mean, you're, you're initiating her to use her yeah. gun by doing that. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, I mean, later on she gets a shotgun to kill like this giant bug. In, in like a mansion um all the reporters seem pretty good with guns <laughs> this seems like a standard practice in this game um and sometimes there are a lot of, there are puzzles involved to save your reporter uh sometimes you for example there was one where you have to lure this creature over to someone else who was freshly killed in order to prevent to use them as bait so you're basically using this corpse as bait <laughs> to protect your reporter um there are other times when like a creature is approaching and you have you have to you point to the wall to activate like a metal shutter to come down and block the creature and you end up mm-hmm. crushing the creature in the process. Oh. Um I mean I guess your reporter would not have done that unless you sort of gave her the idea to do it. So that's how you sort of direct actions in the process. Um so there is a point where you go to um, one of the locations where, you know, I mean, the story takes you to different locales throughout the city. You're trying to find, you know, you're trying to find um, sort of survivors. You're sort of also getting clues about what's going on in the game and how this situation came, came about. So at one point you encounter one of your fellow reporters, someone by the name of Justine, and she's chained to a a pool table. (laughs) Um, and if you focus on her while she's laying on the table, uh, Briscoe will say something like, oh, I don't know, uh, I'm not sure about this, but I think I can get into this kind of stuff. He, you know, oh, nice. He says things like that. And then... That's the sound guy? Yeah, that's the sound guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, if you're circling around her, you know, she'll comment at you. She'll say, like, what's the matter with you? And, like, you mm-hmm. know, why are you shooting me at me from that angle? You mm-hmm. know, things like that. Um, so that's, that's a simple little puzzle that occurs, you know, you investigate the rooms in this place and you find, um, the, the missing, uh, uh, pool, you know, uh, billiards balls to place into this, uh, you know, in the triangular, uh, pool rack to, yeah. to sort of release her. And that's what, oh, that's what does from it? the puzzle. Okay. Yeah. Um, you end up finding a secret room in in one of the places there where, um, you know, you open up this armoire and there's like a secret room behind it. And inside is like a ghost. It's actually like this childlike ghost and there's like red handprints all over the walls. 
And if you focus on the ghost, it kind of laughs at you and then disappears. Hmm. You know, and you get you know points for doing stuff like that. Um, there are various boss fights throughout the game too. So there's a boss fight in in the garage of this place, and this is the most slow motion fight I've ever seen. Basically, uh, nothing. I mean, there's, there's basically no threat unless you do the right actions to win the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, you know, if, so basically in this one, you have to direct your reporter to shoot a gas can that's behind the monster because you're in a garage. So there's like a gas can on the wall. And if she shoots it, then it sprays onto the boss and then you can light it up uh-huh. after she shoots it and will like, you know, it'll ignite it basically. Um, in another boss fight, you're in a church and the boss is this disgusting biological creature you know like just this mutated mess um and you know if you don't if you you know it'll it'll end up killing the reporter if you don't target it so she tries to shoot at it but it doesn't work so she has to run up to the balcony and then um shoot down this hanging statue to crush it and meanwhile it's throwing slugs up at her to like try to kill her slugs (laughs) these are like these are like really weird looking creatures. Like they big leeches or something. Yeah, they look like like giant leeches, but then they have like um, like multiple antennas coming out of the front of it. So it's really like gross looking. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, and then you know like there's like multiple corpses scattered around this area, and I got like a big immoral score for shooting those corpses, even though like it wasn't part of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's other there's other times where like uh, your 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 film crew is like staying in like a hotel room to like rest up, and meanwhile you're given some freedom of movement here. You can go around and you even have the opportunity to shoot them in the shower while they're showering, and you get immoral points for doing that too, of course. Um, but like as you as you mentioned, like you know like what happens if you don't catch up to your reporter in time? Yeah. Um, this game is very timing sensitive in, in that as- in that sense. So you might miss certain hidden items if you don't do things in the right way. You know, if you don't keep up with your reporter or like she might walk past something that, you know, you have an opportunity to interact with it or direct her to notice something in the scenery. And then if you, if you're not there when that happens, if, cause if you're off exploring on your own, you know, you'll miss that thing. Um, so, for example, I found a key for, like, a secret room, and um, the reporter walked over to the door, and while I was looking around at the parts, she kind of, like, lost interest in it and walked away. So, I could have opened that door to, like, uh, discover I other see. things, mm-hmm. um, but she kind of, you know, the timing just kind of didn't work out there. Um, like, I didn't spot, a f- like, certain ghosts that appeared behind, like like, through a window or, like, in a corner or something, because I was busy following her. Uh, I happened to see them when I kind of repeated it. Cause like, um, like I failed out at that point and I want, I reloaded my save point. So then I was able to like find it. So after how that. do you like lose? Like how do you fail in this? Um, well, since I mean, there are certain opportunities where you might be in danger. Mm-hmm. Usually you're not. Um, but there are times where basically if you fail to save your reporter, like it'll skip entire chapters in the game, you know, like it'll, it'll, pass over like at least three or four locations that you could have gone to if um and then you so you won't have as good a score then right um you might yeah so you might lose opportunities to score um you know things like that i mean there are times where 
there are very few times where you're physically in mortal danger where it's like game over if you lose that and then you repeat it from that save point. Um, yeah, it's things like that. Uh, <laughs> now you also like, there's also like other hidden things in the game. Like, um, there are these notes that you find and they always start off with dear D like that's how that's the opening salutation of the note. Mm-hmm. And then it'll have some very ambiguous wording about like, you know, things that you might've just encountered or things that you might have, you, you will see coming up very shortly. Like things like, um, oh, they're kind of on to us. We better be more careful from now on. Things like that. And it's always signed, you know, from M. And I find them throughout the game. And there's always like little tidbits that are revealed. Um, and it seems like there's some kind of conspiracy going on as a result of that. I never, I never quite got the full understanding of what that, the, those notes meant. Mm-hmm. It's not like there was some big reveal. It was just kind of there. Even just after more, you beat it, that didn't yeah, make sense to you. It didn't. It didn't completely add up. Uh-huh. Like I didn't really put the pieces together in any meaningful way. So I don't really know if there are any. I think uh-huh. it's just there to kind of create some, some tension. But I don't know if there's any real big payoff to those. Uh, eventually, you make your way back to your headquarters, uh, and you confront the chief of the TV station, uh, who is a woman. Uh, by the name of Deborah, about not evacuating. Like, your sound guy goes bananas. He's like, why are you putting us all in this danger? We should be getting out of here. Mm-hmm. So many horrible things happening. Um, you know, and meanwhile, the, rep- the reporter that you're with, she gets kind of nervous. And um, so the, the sound guy, Briscoe, he, he kind of insinuates that there's something going on between the chief and her reporters. He kind of just says, like, I've always heard rumors that there was something special between the chief. Oh, and, boy. <laughs> you know? Um, but then she'll offer him, like, um, she offers him, like, a chance to escape town. She's like, I've arranged, like, an evacuation through the military. They're going to be at the airport. She offers Briscoe over you? Well, she specifically talks to Briscoe, mm. saying, like, you know, you, you can get, uh, you know, I can, I can give you a chance to get out of here, but you're going to have to do something for me. <laughs> You know, and, and basically she gives you, you the, gives you the next tip, the next, like, sort of mission to investigate. She says that, you know, one of our other team members is being held at a library. We have to go and see if he's still there, you know. Um, and then the reporter's, you know, the reporter also agrees. She's like, yeah, we should do this, you know. And um, once you're sort of out of her office, they kind of talk to each other and they say like, you know, they, they know that they can't resist her charm and charisma. Like there's something about her mm. that makes them want to please her and, you know, do whatever she asks. So that's kind of like another kind of weird personality in these games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like as you progress, you know, there's various puzzles. There's like, uh, in the library, for example, there's this electronic lock on the door and you also have a chance to use like a camera surveillance system there. Um, you know, you 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 get immoral points in the library for some reason for shooting at things that are considered a waste of time. So sometimes you'll see the bookshelves light up, and you're like, all right, there may be something interesting here. You go over and shoot those, and um, you get mocked for wanting to play reporter instead of just being a cameraman and oh, doing, yeah. doing your job. And um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for erotic points here because the reporter will climb up on step ladders and she's like reaching for like a key that she saw at the top of like a bookshelf, things like that. <laughs> um, you know, between levels, 
as things are loading, you, you, the cameraman um, will sort of uh, write a logbook entry. So he's like he's like taking notes to himself, and those appear as just written words on the screen against like a black screen. Um, but meanwhile, there's a voiceover conversation that's happening in parallel to that uh, from the crew, and it sounds a bit like a radio, a radio drama at that point, which is pretty neat. I think I think it's um, a lot of a lot of games in Japan have like like um, bonus material that's that takes place as like a, like they they put out CD audio dramas as like supplementary material for certain games just to give you more backstory mm-hmm. and it just sounds like a radio play where there's like the voices of the characters and like sound effects and things like that um, so it's just an interesting opportunity to just fill in like some background noise and give you like a little more of their personality uh, <laughs> eventually you we get to this uh, junk shop where we because we need like more camera equipment to shoot in the dark because um, we kind of get to this club where we hear something is something interesting is supposed to be there, but the lights are out, so we can't see what's going on. So we go to this shop to get, like, some, some equipment that we need. Um, and at that point, you know, we end up uh, going into, like, a storage closet that we unlock, and Briscoe makes this snide comment to the reporter, you know, because she comments that, like, there's nothing useful here, you know, like, we should be going somewhere else. And he'll make a comment that says, like, well, I guess they're sold out of designer bags, you know, or something like that. And meanwhile, this is an electronic shop. <laughs> so this isn't something you would find there. But this is just an opportunity for him to take a cheap shot at her, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, in the dance club, you know, it's, like, very dark. So this is a point where you kind of are allowed to move around by yourself without the reporter. Uh, because you have the infrared camera that you just found in the in the junk shop, um, you have to go and find the circuit breaker to turn the lights back on. Hmm. And uh, here's where you start to get more of like the actual, you know, like uh, root cause of what's going on here. You encounter this character named Doctor O'Connor, and uh, he explains that the virus. There's a virus that that of course caused these it's monsters the to occur. Yeah. Um, I mean, apparently it's airborne. Like, I guess initially there was like a plane crash that occurred that fell into Lake Michigan. And as a result, something got released. And that's part of what the fog is all about. Like, there's this fog rolling in and like, I guess the virus is part of it. Hmm. Um, you know, it's like, like, that's the vehicle for it anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, he's sort of... You can see, you can see, like he's, you know, he starts referring to us as humans, and so that's like the clue that maybe he's like a bit infected himself. Of course, he he also becomes a monster. <laughs> At that point, he starts like becoming one. O'Connor. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somehow he's like, I guess, been exposed to it as well. Did he film it? Um, so yeah, I mean, meanwhile, the reporter is like standing in front of him, like he's mutating into this horrible yeah. creature and she's like, she's like talking to the camera. She's like, here we see an example of, you know, the horrors that have been unleashed on this city, you mm-hmm. know, like she's got a good scoop. <laughs> exactly. Um, he explains that like, uh, I mean, he gives you this tip that, you know, that he has no resistance to alcohol during his conversation that comes up for some reason. And, uh, so naturally, uh, there's a bar in the club that you throw drinks at the monster to sort of weaken him. Okay. Cause, uh, I guess the infection, you know, doesn't, it gets uh, weakened by alcohol. Um, 
So you do that to slow it down. Like, so this is a situation where if you don't weaken this monster, it will attack you directly, the cameraman, and you'll actually get killed here if you mm-hmm. don't do this part successfully. Um, so once enough drinks have been thrown at him, you can uh, go into the sound booth and turn on the music of the club, and the monster will get drawn towards the speakers and will end up electrocuting itself. <laughs> so that's how you end up beating it. Um, things like that. So this is this is this is the kind of it's nature a of puzzle solving. Yeah, there's a lot of okay. a lot of puzzles, and that's kind of how the the monster, you know, the boss battles in the game occur. Um, I think it's also curious too that even though this game is about you know like a like a monster causing virus and a biological horror, there's a lot of ghosts scattered throughout the game. It's just like mm. little little Easter eggs hidden here and there. And meanwhile, the game doesn't deal with that at all. Like there's just no acknowledgement of the fact that hey, wait a minute, there's also ghosts, visible ghosts that we yeah. can see, um, but that doesn't like really enter into the plot at all. And um, you know, there's other various things that happen. I mean, eventually you sort of learn like what kind of, you know, what kind of ingredients are necessary to fight back against this thing to create a vaccine. Cause the doctor indicated that there is a vaccine, of course, you know, um, I guess this virus was engineered. So naturally a vaccine was also created alongside that. Um, you know, you're, you eventually end up kind of at, at a, at a train station, uh, you you learn that the military is transporting uh, the vaccine through there. So that's what you were trying to find out. How do you get this vaccine to kind of cure this whole situation? Um, so now you have to be the hero, too? Well, I, there's a lot of things. That, yeah, I mean, basically, the, the, the cure is almost on your hands now to, to try to find it. Um, and, uh, like, you end up with encountering another creature that you that you can fight by, like, using the trains against them, like, because it's in a train station, naturally this creature appears on the tracks and you can use your camera to like switch the, the, the train signal so that a train comes in and hits mm-hmm. the monster, things like that. Um, you know, eventually you get to a motel because the, the crew has to take a break. They're like very tired from what's going on. Somehow they can take a break in the middle of this crisis. <laughs> um, and you get a lot of branching options here. Uh, depending on which room you choose to stay in, depend will will like branch the story into different directions. Um, for example, you might fight a monster that you know once you, you're, you're awoken by this monster. If you stay in one particular room, um, whereas um, you might encounter a ghost if you stay in a different room, uh, or you might get woken up by your crew because you found a survivor in the in the motel. Uh, if you stay in like yet another type of, of room, hmm. um, if you encounter that monster, you end up having to fight it by luring it over to the fireplace that's in the motel, and you have to like use that to, to defeat it. Um, if you end up going against that, you know, trying to find that survivor, then you are also given a choice to save him or not, depending on what you choose to do there. So okay. there's a lot of a lot of interesting choices to be made. <clears throat> and uh, eventually you go to an airport and you end up seeing the chief there again. And then you also get, uh, you see this weird guy show up. And this is one of the strangest characters in the game. He's this guy in like a white suit with polka dots on it. And um, he starts asking like, where's Dr. O'Connor? I was supposed to meet him here. And uh, you know he starts running around oddly and like starts acting all very erratically and ends up of course becoming a monster himself. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I think he was like sort of the catalyst. He was like the first person that they that they experimented on with this virus. So he didn't. He was confused. He didn't know what was going on. Um, <laughs> but you eventually get. You know, once you proceed past that, uh, you end up in the lighthouse, and the lighthouse is sort of the ending chapter for this whole story. Um, and. I don't know, various things happen here. I don't know if I want to give away everything, but basically, but basically, um, you, you sort of are, you know, you're given the ending of the game here and depending on how many points you tallied up during the game, depending on which type you had, like whether they were the three different types of points, Uh um, you end up getting a different ending based on that. Oh, okay. So there is some kind of. Mm-hmm. There's a meaning behind all that. It's not just random. Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, okay. I mean, suspense points are really the easiest type to get throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So that's the most likely ending you're going to get. And the ending is pretty much where the reporter himself is revealed. And you get to see your own character talk into the camera. Okay. Um, and oddly enough, uh, I looked up the different endings just to see what they were like. And they were completely different characters, depending on which ending oh, you wow. got. So you you basically got to see different personalities or different types of people. So whoever, for example, if you were more interested in doing immoral type shoots, you would see a different type of person <laughs> doing that. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's a different. It's an interesting thing. Huh. Um, and my final tally for my playthrough. Okay. Uh, was I had 63,293 suspense points. I had 3,006 immoral points. I'm very disappointed. Okay. (laughs) And I only had 2,615 erotic points. Yeah, that seems kind of low for you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Based on what you know. What are you trying to say? So I'm told that uh, as a result of this, you also get like a short description. You get, you're told that you're uh, based on this score. I'm a divine being who is the name on everyone's lips and has a strong belief in rationalism. Okay. (laughs) Right. Um, You get some unlockables also as a result of your play time. Uh Um, You get to unlock uh, different costumes for the reporters. You also get a theater mode. Okay. Where the reporter will do like a fashion show or oh, or like a like a swimsuit sort of a walkthrough. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And you get to film her while she's doing that. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um and from what I understand, the the PAL version of this game is actually bugged. You're supposed to find various things throughout the game that give you more clues that when you finish it, you can go into like a theater mode that um or a movie mode. Which lets you, like, you find videotapes, for example. Mm-hmm. And then when you, when the game is done, you can actually view what the contents of those tapes are. Oh, wow. And they give you more backstory. But somehow, the PAL version was bugged such that you couldn't access any of those videos. And all wow. you ended up getting was that theater mode where, you That's know, too bad. I know. It is too bad. And some people have looked at the contents of the disc and have, you know, found ways to play oh, those files. Oh, they it out of the... Uh-huh. Right. I mean, it works on the Japanese version, but of course those weren't... Uh, translated. Yeah. Uh, the PAL version was multi-language, so all the dialogue was in English, but there were subtitles for Spanish, French, Italian, um, and people translated some of those some of those texts to find out what was going on. Okay. Um, now, 
overall, the game, despite how campy the acting in the game was, because mm-hmm. it was very exaggerated, very over the top, um, people would call this bad acting, probably. Uh, <laughs> but I think the voices were actually pretty well done for their roles, uh-huh. and I think it was very appropriate for the theme of the game. I mean, it just was this kind of like kind of B movie type experience, you know? Sure, yeah. Uh, I also think the sound design and the music were top notch in the game. I mean, pretty well done, especially for a PS2 game. I thought very good environments. Um, however, just mechanically as a game, I feel like it has a lot of problems. You know, just because you you are so limited in what you can do, um, it really would take several playthroughs to see everything in the game because you have so many opportunities to miss things in the game. You probably Especially to see all the reporters, too. Because you'd have to allow the reporters to die off to see the different reporters in the oh, game. Okay. So, I but guess that's part of the replay. Is it like Night Trap, where you could essentially write down, like, time codes and remember, like, at this time I have to be in this location because this triggers this event? Uh, it's not so time-based, I think. But okay. there might be something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is there constantly a timer somewhere? or? Mm, uh, well, when you, whenever you start a new chapter in the game, mm-hmm. uh, you do see a countdown. Um, I never really let it run out to zero. You get about 35 minutes to complete that chapter of the game. And usually it doesn't take that long. It usually takes maybe 10 minutes if you're just actively trying to finish it. Um so yeah, I'm not sure what would happen. Uh, probably, probably something bad. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, like the other thing is, that you, apart from actually intentionally allowing your reporter to die, the game doesn't have that many moral choices as the introduction would have you think. Like the beginning of the game, the introduction of the game places a lot of emphasis on, you know, will you do the right thing? Or will you intervene? You know, and you know, they, you sort of given that that option in the beginning with that opening cinema or the that that first choice that the that the first reporter gave you where you have to press the triangle button to intervene and realistically throughout the whole game is really not that many times that we where you have to do that so it's not quite as heavy as you would be led to think Mm -hmm. from the outset um, so I thought it was a, just an interesting way to tell the story of the game, but as a as a game to play, it's it's not quite so rewarding. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really cool the way you're describing it. I I like that. Like, aspect I feel like of it. yeah, I feel like this is a good concept for a game. Mm-hmm. I think it. Um, well, you know, I mean, considering mm-hmm. when it was made, I mean, it came out in. You know, I mean, the PAL version, like I said, 2005. Mm-hmm. So not that long ago, but certainly. Um, maybe some options to maybe improve on this idea, you know, at least as like a first stab, this would be, this was an interesting way to go about it. Mm. But, but I think there's definitely room for improvement. So that was my game. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How long did it take you to, to play through it? Is this something we could just play on a weeknight or something? Um, or? I mean, it took me about, you know, two nights worth of playtime. Um, I think, I think full playthroughs, if you, kind of knew what to do <laughs> probably mm-hmm. probably four to five hours mm-hmm. it took me probably more than twice that to finish it because okay. i i ended up reloading a lot of stuff to see what would happen if i did things differently oh yeah uh-huh. you know um but yeah i mean definitely there's i mean i would say at least 
probably eight playthroughs to get every single possible option in the game, you know? Hmm. So there's a lot of, a lot of exploration to do. Um, but yeah, I think there's like just too many chances to miss out on stuff if you aren't super detailed about noting when those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I don't know. Again, I wouldn't call this necessarily a scary game, but because people die in horrific ways, I guess that's... Right, like a fatal frame kind of thing? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Not so scary either, but... Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I did spend some time also playing some Rocket League this week. Okay, I did too. Uh, because they had like a special Halloween event going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were some, some Halloween items that you could unlock by playing the game. You had to unlock them before Halloween. Otherwise they're gone. Yeah. Until well, next year. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think they were, uh, they were up until November 2nd. So they give you, they give you, I guess the, the rest of the weekend or something mm-hmm. to get them. Um, they're just little vanity items to dress up your car. Right. I, yeah. Nothing, nothing. And you got them all. I did get them all. All right, good. I, I, well, I, I think we played a, a bunch of exhibition games to try to get those items, and nothing was happening. But then I realized... Oh, yeah, for me, no. Mm-mm. Not until I played online matches did I actually get to any yeah. of them. So it seemed like that was a requirement. Might have been. Which mm-hmm. they didn't mention, actually. No, I didn't see that. Well, they didn't even really mention what the items were, mm-hmm. unless you checked the blog online. <laughs> <laughs> right. You had to kind of go out of your way to find so them. So you pointed that to me. Otherwise, I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right on. But, okay, good. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, so anything of any interest that was picked up this week for you? I did. I picked up... i um, pretty excited. I got the World of Nintendo... Figures. Mm-hmm. These are. It's part of that World of Nintendo series, but these are pixel representations of uh, some games from Nintendo games. There's four of them in the series. There's Donkey Kong, Mario, Luigi, and and Link. Mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda One. And basically, just what it is, it's it's the sprite from the arcade game. It's a two D. You know, it's a, it's got a little bit of embellishment, but it's basically a two D mm-hmm. um, character. It's about two and a half inches tall. They're kind of small, but I saw these online. I didn't know much about them, I think like a month ago or two months ago, and I've been trying to track them down. I didn't know like who sells them, but I guess they weren't out yet. That's why they were just like so you got an placeholders. Early scoop. Yeah, so I walked into Toys R Us and they had all four. I was like, yeah, definitely. Grab them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to look at these and uh, I, I think I like the Donkey Kong one the best. Yeah, the Donkey Kong looks good. You don't see, like, the Mario and the, and the, the Link, and you kind of see that. I have actually have already, like, mm-hmm. a, a sprite kind of character already. So to see the Donkey Kong one is cool, because I don't have anything. Right. Like and this that. is and this is Donkey Kong from the arcade Donkey Kong. Yeah, This is, is not This is not I, a I DK Country right. look. Yeah. Thank, yeah, there's no tie on Donkey Kong. <laughs> right. But it, he is also in the two and a half inch size, so mm-hmm. when you compare... The sprite comparison, he's a lot smaller mm-hmm. than Mario. So, like, the pixels aren't as chunky because it's being condensed down to a two-and-a-half-inch mm-hmm. figure. Right. So, when you can, when you put them side-by-side, side, it looks a little weird. But on its own, it looks like the arcade, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice. Not bad. Yeah. Very cool. That was my find. Well, I naturally got something <laughs> in the mail. Actually. You've been on a roll. Non-stop. Like, at so least this, four weeks now. 
Well, so this is... Uh, I hear plastic rattling. I'm sure that'll sound great on, on the microphone. In everyone's headphones, sure. Uh, so this is the latest latest purchase Candy from... Candy is falling out of the bag. The latest purchase from 1cc Shirts. What the heck is this? This is the... <laughs> I got the FM Towns Marty t-shirt. Excellent. <laughs> with with the uh, little... What is that? Is that like... The little gator mascot. Gex or something? Like uh, cartoon no, Gex? No, It's like a little... They had a mascot? It's, this was their mascot on all their Did literature. that ever make it into a game? I have no idea. It's like a mascot character that had no game? Um, and his name was Marty, I'm Maybe. Assuming. Maybe? I'm not really sure. So it's a yellow t-shirt. Mm-hmm. It's got the little lizard guy. And a nice FM Towns Marty logo with the Japanese also on there, too. Right. It says Marty. Okay. Yeah. In light blue. So wow. You gonna wear a yellow shirt? I drive a yellow car. Do I need to point that out? That's true. <laughs> uh, you also get a little flyer of the graphic design. Oh, yeah. And you also get, they always include a little bit of candy in the in the wrapper. This time I got uh, Jolly Rancher Halloween-themed gummies, nice. it looks like. Yeah. Not bad. Very cool. Do I trust? Nice. Do I trust candy from strangers? Especially when it comes in the mail. I guess so. Why not, right? You gotta live on the edge. <laughs> Life wouldn't be exciting if you didn't do that. Right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Every, so, it seems so, like every other month they seem to have a design I like. Yeah, uh, yeah. You bought... Well, you had the Atlas shirt. Yeah. Did you buy the Nazca shirt? I did. You did, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, every so, so you often, missed out on the Nichibitsu shirt, though. I, I did want... Cool I, I did like that one, and I kind of let it slip. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get that one like I planned to. And... Um, Lately, they've been doing a lot of um, designs of arcade cabinets, especially, particularly Japanese candy cab designs. Like wire, kind of grid wire kind of thing? Yeah, almost like a draftsman style okay. kind of a look. Mm. But it's like kind of a finished design, too. Uh, yeah, it's mostly line art. Um, I don't know. I think they're interesting to look at, but I don't know if I would like them as a shirt. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'll see what they have for next month, I guess. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Right, so how about... Is it news time, do you think? I think it is news. We'll wrap things up with some quick news articles. Okay. So, I guess one of the items that came up is uh, about this new uh, Galaga arcade game that, yeah. we've, that we heard about. Uh-huh. Uh, something called uh, Galaga Assault, right? Yeah. Now, I, don't, I, I didn't know this. I didn't know that, um, that Galaga is so popular. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't think of that. But... No, well, they make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they, I think the last major one was probably Galaga Legions, maybe? Right, and that, that was, was like, released... a, like a mobile game, right? It was oh. also on Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, right, okay. I think also the PSN store. They called it like Galaga Legions DX or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It might be on Steam as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I guess this is um, kind of a new trend, where they sort of um, introduce some of these classic games, but they kind of try to modernize them a little bit by introducing these uh, these uh, ticket redemption aspects to it. Yeah. I guess a lot of the modern arcades, they have this, this whole ticket it's thing. It's very bizarre. I'm not used to it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how much is of a it, game it's going to be. Yeah, so as you're playing, you're earning score, but it's telling you how many tickets you're earning, too, as you're playing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- they've done this with Pac-Man. There's a Pac-Man Chomp Mania game, mm-hmm. which works the same way. We earn tickets as you play. 
Right. I've never seen it. We went to, uh, where was that place we went to? That arcade? Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster, right. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have that there. So right. I don't know how this works. But the main thing I saw about this article was the cabinet looks really cool. Yeah. It is awesome. It's, it's very tall. It's tall. Yeah, it's got this very huge large vertical screen. screen, which you really don't ever see. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it still has the one single you know eight-way joystick. Right. But the cabinet art's awesome. It's very bright green. It has the Galaga ships with the insect characters like all over the, mm-hmm. the cabinet. It's really awesome. It's got a big marquee. Yeah, they do incorporate a lot of the the original Galaga like graphic design into into yeah. the look of it. So and you see a lot of the same stuff that you would have seen on an old cabinet, but just kind of reworked right. into this new scheme. It's also a different rather than your tr- traditional like eighties cabinet. This is more like, um, almost like an environment cabinet, sort of, mm-hmm. where you walk up to it and there's speakers on the front and the, the joystick panel is like almost detached from the cabinet itself. It's like on its and, own little podium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very cool. Right. Yeah. I like would definitely it. not mind having this in <laughs> I like my the look of it. living room. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would want to see what this looks like in person. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. I don't know if it's going to make it out on America's Shore, but. Because it is a, a part of the Bandai Namco arcade deal, I guess. They have their own arcade in Japan, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess not everything makes it over here. Okay. But it looks good. Let's hope it does. There's always <laughs> importing, right? You're going to import a cabinet? <laughs> sure. <laughs> in my fantasy world, yeah. Why uh-huh. not? <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, so the other big story this week... Right? Yeah. Was uh, Nintendo's press conference. Big press conference. They were going to show off their their first steps into mobile. Yeah, they promised a mobile game by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And this was the big event to announce it. And we didn't quite get that, right? We didn't. <laughs> so for one thing, they showed... Um, well, I guess for one thing, it was delayed, right? That was the big announcement. Well, not really, but one of the announcements. Mm-hmm. that They were delaying it until March, I guess. Right. They need more time. Yes. To well, get well, this. games are a little bit tougher than they thought. To get this together. And besides that, uh, they also said that... They, they also showed what the what their first app was yes, going to be. Yes, so they did announce that. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't quite what people were expecting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what people were really expecting. It was kind of what I expected. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people thought maybe it was going to just be Mario Brothers, you know, with touch controllers or something. Right. But, or, or something related to one of their core properties. You would right. Think. Like a new Metroid or something. Anything. Yeah, anything with mm-hmm. Mario in it. But no, this is um, featuring their Miis. Right. So this title is called Miitomo. Okay. Um, so... Do you Tomo. know what that means? And, okay. Well, I yeah. think so. Tomo, I think the Tomo part of the name is based on the word Tomodachi in, Jap- in Japanese, which means which, friend. Yeah, so they did release a 3DS game mm-hmm. called that, right? Right. And so, this seems almost like a, sort of a branching off of that. Mm-hmm. But featuring Miis. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which also, that game also has, right? The, the, I, I think the 3DS so. game. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Right. But this is more of like a, more of like a, a social thing, social, right? Social, yeah. So you're like a social network sort of thing. I don't know how it's going to play exactly, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I guess that's what they're working on. And, th- and this is not just Nintendo. They're, they're partnering with DNA. Right. Uh, so I don't know, like, as far as the delay, if it had to do with Nintendo or DNA, or maybe their first project didn't look 
what they wanted it to be or it didn't turn out that way and they, they scrapped it and now they just started something new. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't take a year to make a mobile game. You wouldn't think so, but... I don't... Or you would think they would have... I don't know. I mean, unless they're putting a tremendous amount of polish on this, but... Yeah, I wonder. You do have to wonder, too, if they're going to spend this much time on this product. You know, it is a free-to-play game, so, like, what is the... You know, how are they getting a year's worth of investment back on this? Mm -hmm. You know, how much in-app purchasing is this going to be? And on top of it, it is targeted towards kids. This is a kid's game, you know, and are kids going to be putting money into this? Whereas... You know, in modern stuff, we have, in modern mobile gaming, you have, like, Clash of Clans, um, even, like, uh, Candy Crush, games that rake in, like, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Those are not really kids' games. I mean, I guess kids do play them, but I think a lot of the whales that are playing this are probably, you know, I don't know, 20 to 40-something, maybe. Sure, you gotta have an income to spend money on these games. a decent amount of income, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how this is going to pan out for them. Yeah. Um, short term, this was not a good deal for them. Their stocks kind of took a hit. 10% hit. Yeah. <laughs> both, a big dip. I think 10% for Nintendo and 15% for mm-hmm. ZNA. Right. So yeah, investors were not particularly impressed by what they saw. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend who likes to comment and uh, when, whenever there's news of this type, of that, you know, there was a huge financial hit as a result of some okay. announcement that a company made. He, he just feels that you know, like investors are a bit of a pain sometimes. They sort of will direct what a company does. Like a company might have a long-term vision for what they want to do. Yeah. And, you know, investors, they want to see a, a, a more, uh, like a faster turnaround or a faster right. return on their money. Yeah. So sometimes a company might do things because they want to please investors and it might not necessarily be the right move for them mm-hmm. or the best long-term view. But... This is what happens. Yeah, and it is important to note that Nintendo is up on the year, stock-wise. Mm-hmm. So when you look at your like year-to-date kind of thing, right. they're still up. So they were way up, actually, from the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So this little dip is, even though it's... Like, I've seen reports where it's like, Nintendo stocks, you know, crashing and stuff. But when you look at it, they're still up in the air. It's not like right. they're, you know, they're down or anything. So it's still po- for them, it's I guess it's still positive. Mm-hmm. It could have been worse. <laughs> but uh, they didn't announce anything else. There's still no word on NX and... Well, no, yeah. Any other other games release dates, but... Yeah, they, they did mention this whole, like, account system that they've got. This, right, This yeah. whole Nintendo account um, So they got rid of that thing. club last year, and this is what's replacing it. Well, yeah, so I guess they also have this thing called My Nintendo, which I guess is going to be the... So the Nintendo account system is sort of the overall infrastructure uh-huh. and then my Nintendo is going to be like your personal ID or your, your login okay. into that system and that's what that's what they're going to be calling it I mean I, I feel like they still could have preserved that Club Nintendo name I and just turned so. it into I this think that was a good name I think people kind of liked it it yeah. kind of made you feel like you're part of something and yeah like, right yeah. you're in the club <laughs> yeah um, yeah my Nintendo just seems kind of bland and it does seem, generic yeah it seems kind of like no, no personality or anything mm-hmm. But the interesting thing I found out about this was they, they said this is going to tie in all their services. Right. From 3DS, Wii U, mobile, PC, mm-hmm. and web. NX. Right. And web. Yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting when they mention like the PC side of things. Like, how's mm-hmm. that going to work? Like, what's, right. what's involved? You know, what do they have cooking on that side? Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's pretty common nowadays with that 
certain mobile apps will have like also like a web version that you can play in your browser yeah. as well. True. So so if you can tie it all together, it probably makes the most yeah. sense. I don't see this as an American product. This I mm. feel like this is targeted to Japanese and it might do well with kids in Japan, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. But I don't see this really taken off in America. Mm. Interesting. Um, I mean, as a side note to all this, I saw that Nintendo also said that they expect their mobile business will will surpass um, the level of success that they had in the Wii and DS era in three years' time from now. Sure, I can see that. Now, yeah, keep in numbers mind, are not good on <laughs> 3DS and Wii U. Well, no, no, this is Wii and DS. If you think about it, those oh, were, original Wii. Those were their most successful platforms to date. Wow! Uh, the Wii did over 100 million units sold, and the okay. DS was probably their most successful platform with close to 150 million in the 140 wow. to 150 okay. million range. Um, so that's pretty ambitious. Um, they say they're going to translate their games into different languages and have them available in you sure. know over 100 countries. Um, now, makes me makes me wonder though if they really think that it's going to pay off this big. Uh-huh. Should they even invest in NX or whatever their next hardware is? I don't. Know. We don't. Well, it depends what it is. If it's if if their if investment in mobile, if it's like a Xiaomi cell phone, but just Nintendo's logo on it uh-huh. with like a joypad built in. Right. People might go for that. I don't as know. As a second phone, I don't know. It's really hard to say. It's I mean, hard to say. It's true. I just know based on... I personally don't see new hardware being to that level of what Wii and DS was ever again mm-hmm. from Nintendo. I yeah. just can't see it. It's We know it's a huge investment yeah. to, to develop a platform like this. It yeah. takes, you know, the big the big companies in this space. It right. Takes, it, uh-huh. it, it takes almost half a billion. 500 million is a typical investment point to develop... And launch a new console between mm-hmm. developing the hardware, coming up with the system, the infrastructure to support it, games that take advantage of it, you know, including securing exclusives, that kind of a thing. It's a huge investment that may or may not pay off. So it's probably a much safer route for them to take to go mobile. Yeah. But at the same time, if they want to do both, I mean, yeah, I guess they're hedging their bets. But it's it's certainly a, a big outlay to take a chance on, you know, their next generation system. Yep. Um, but I guess ultimately we'll see where it leads. Sure. Man. <laughs> uh, so I guess with that we'll probably uh, move on to some feedback. Okay. Um, we won this week from Greg Izzy, our pal Greg. Yeah. <laughs> he had some comments on episode fifty four. Right. Uh, related to um, uh, our discussion of, about Pulseman. Pulseman. Uh, he mentions, uh, so his words were, I've played it a bit, uh, but the character names and their hidden meanings would never have occurred to me. Um, also, Tom Kalinske said that the Sega Channel was some kind of success for the company. Um, I guess we didn't really get into the Sega Channel aspect of no. it and what that was. That was uh, basically a cartridge that you plugged into your Genesis. Uh-huh. That was able to download games through like the cable system. Like a modem in there or something, right? So it was like a modem, but yeah. instead of being over the phone lines, it was over the, a cable system. Yeah. Right? And they would rotate in different games, and you would be able to download them to, mm-hmm. and play them. Um, so I guess uh, Greg goes on to say, there's no way they could have downloaded Saturn games when that system came around. And the Pluto prototype showed that they were working on some kind of network play. 
Uh, X-Band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pulse Man wasn't released here because by the time it would have been uh, late 94 to early 95, Sega had dropped Genesis support already by then. Hmm. Uh, so that's a good point, I guess, you know, timing-wise. Yeah, still like Majesco or somebody could have picked it up and released it? Theoretically. Because yeah. they're still releasing games. It was just... Most of them like sports games. It was like another NFL game, NBA mm-hmm. Jam, whatever it was. Yeah. Or uh, NBA Live, I think it was. That's always yeah, that, cool. that always seems to happen, actually. Like, uh, like for every system, that, that always seems to be, like, the last game that comes out. Yeah, the is sports like, games linger. <laughs> is, like, you know, whatever, the latest, uh, like, Madden yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they're still releasing, the like, another X- Xbox 360 sports game lineup. And, mm-hmm. uh-huh. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I guess they want to take advantage of the big install base. Yeah, probably. And those people who buy those games may not want to upgrade mm-hmm. to, you know, just for a sports game. I don't know. Right. And they're probably, like, guaranteed sellers, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's always going to be someone who buys that every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even as a gift or someone's like, oh, yeah, they love sports. Uh-huh. Very good. So yeah, thanks, so. Greg. Yep. Uh, as always, please... Um, Leave us comments on Facebook. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> iTunes reviews are helpful. Uh, absolutely. They help uh, They help other people find our show. And uh, you can still contact us directly at obbfeedback at gmail.com. But otherwise, if you have anything else to share... Um, we'll yeah, that's that sums it up pretty nicely. Close things out. Very good. All right. See you next week. Bye.